Figures in the Dark, the podcast where we tell stories of all things murderous, paranormal, and terrifying that goes on in the dark. I'm Taylor Shay, And I'm Tori. Welcome back to the podcast. Um, we are doing a case today by yours truly, like I promised last episode, because mm-hmm. I finally got off my lazy ass and decided to research. Um, and so this is a case that I didn't think I was going to be doing this quick early in the podcast, mm-hmm. um, just because I... I've always been very interested in this case. This is one of the first ones um, that I've heard that I really heard of that I remember from a young age um, seeing in the media, like on like um, People magazine, shit like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't remember. I didn't know a lot of details about it until I got older, and even then, like I didn't know a lot of the details until I researched it um, because I my parents. I would I want to say they gave us a very sheltered life. They didn't mm-hmm. like let us know a lot of the bad things that happened in the world. I mean, they scared yeah. us with it, but they didn't like be like, "Oh, this is this girl, she got kidnapped, whatever." Yeah, cuz your family was a normal family and then my family was just like, "Oh yeah, you're 8. Do you want to watch everything about John Bonet Ramsey?" Yeah. yeah. Um yeah, no. so when we were sick on Friday before we recorded the Andrea Yates case, <laughs> Tay was showing me all of her favorite movies when she was younger, yeah. and it was, like, shit that, like, no eight-year-old should have been watching. No. And mind you, not just because of the murder part, but because Angelina Jolie's titties were out. Okay, so the movie <laughs> Taking Lives is one of the best movies, like, literally ever. So we sat there... I've been talking, like, trying to expose you to certain movies mm. for a, a little bit, because, like, I very much am, like... A movie person mm-hmm. and like everyone who knows me know I'm the first person to be like oh have you ever seen this movie and it's like usually I'm not gonna be like a snob about it and be like obscure movies it's just movies that I don't know if anybody mm-hmm. else really like yeah were about except for my specific family mm-hmm. and I don't know why we were even about them or mm-hmm. how we even stumbled upon them mm-hmm. but because I love movies so much, I'm always willing to be like, okay, like, you tell me, uh, like, mm-hmm. five movies you like, and I'm going to try to find movies that I yes. think you like. Yeah. Out of the stuff that I've watched and that I like. Yeah. And that's what we were doing. Like, you, mm-hmm. one of your favorite movies ever is, like, the Saw franchise. Yes. And I was like, oh, bet, have you ever seen the movie Seven? Mm-hmm. And you're like, no, I have not. And I'm like, well, this movie is the movie that, like, mm-hmm. made Saw really yeah. happen. It was, like, groundbreaking yeah. for this genre Mm. so i was like okay let's sit down watch this Mm. movie so i like showed you the movie seven and then you were like this was so fucking good so show me more movies like Mm -hmm. this so i was like okay bet all right we're gonna watch taking lives kiss the girls yep like any of these like weird murder movies that i watched Mm -hmm. as a kid and like as we were watching taking lives i was like guess how old i was when i first watched this movie guess how old and you were like please tell me you were like a teenager yeah i was like please please and i was like no i was like seven (laughs) i was like what the actual fuck and also side note i'm really sorry if you hear it kicking my cat just took a shit in the litter box yeah um so i apologize Mm -hmm. she Um, decided like right they only use this litter box i'm pretty sure when we're up here or when we're in this room because they're rude (laughs) and i don't think they really come up here other than now Anyway, like we were saying, um, we had to pause for a second because my cat took a mad shit and it smelled so fucking bad. So bad she could clear a room. (laughs) Yeah, and so I had to move the litter box out into the landing, not in the room, and I had to also check her paws because she likes to get shit on her paws. Mm -hmm. So, anyway, but, um, anyway, we were talking about, oh yeah, the movies, and so I was a huge fan of a lot of them. Like, they were really fucking dope. Like, I was very, very happy with them, um, and I was, like, saying that... You know, there's, there isn't a lot of times that movies, like, capture my interest and I can actually watch them for long periods of time. Excuse me. And those were some of the ones that actually genuinely, like, captured my attention and I was, like, happy. Like, I was interested the entire time. And I think the entire time, was it Taking Lives or some Taking Lives? No. Flesh. Oh. No, Flesh. Fresh. Fresh. With Sebastian Stan. Yeah. Ooh. We watched that. And that's, like, oh, not a, it's a, it's a new, yeah. I think it's a newer one. It's yeah. not as old. As old. But holy shit, it was so fucking good. And the I, entire time, and if anyone's ever watched Midsummer, mm-hmm. that one scene with the cliff, everyone yes. knows that scene. 
I had the exact same reaction the entire movie with Fresh that I did that one scene. My mouth was just open. Yes. I was shocked the entire fucking it was time. Amazing. Literally every other moment that I looked over at you, you're just sitting there like mouth agape, mm-hmm. fully shocked. I was so excited because like this movie, the first time I watched it, I was like automatic favorite for me mm-hmm. because like I have my horror movies. Yeah. I'm, like these are my favorite ones. These mm-hmm. are the best ones. Any person asks me, I'm showing you these ones. Yeah. That, the first time I watched it, I was like, it's on that list immediately. Yep. I and agree. then I showed it to you, and it absolutely got the reaction yep. that I like from yep. it. Mm-hmm. So. It was so good. It was so fucking good. But so, we've been so watching crazy. a lot of, like, movies and stuff recently, because as we said last last episode, we both had COVID. Yeah. Um, I tested negative. You also tested ne- negative. So, it was a quick mm-hmm. bout of COVID, but yeah. it was still COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, so... Kind of to loop back to bring us back into, you know, <laughs> the case and stuff. Yes. I uh, I wasn't uh, brought up with a lot of um, exposure to true mm-hmm. crime stuff when I was younger. I only started yeah. getting into it probably, I want to say, probably once I became an adult. So probably only like five or six years ago, but it's just been an obsession yeah. ever since. Once I, mm-hmm. I've always been interested in crime in general and what mm-hmm. happens and shit like that. But I've never been into true crime until probably, I want to say... Like I said, probably 18, 19 when I became a criminal justice major. Um, so anyway, but anyway, I remember seeing this case where if you've, you probably clue in a girl got kidnapped when she was young, we're doing the J.C. Dugard case. Because um, that was something that I've, like I said, I was exposed to very early, even though it wasn't like a really big exposure. It was still like I saw it. Um, and I recently read her book, which was fucking phenomenal. Like highly I'm recommend. really excited to hear more details about it. Mm-hmm. Like I definitely grew up knowing this case watching some stuff about this case mm-hmm. just because like our family was so very big yeah. in true crime but i am really excited to hear a lot more information yeah. about it and i'm sure like the books especially gave you yes. so much wealth of knowledge yeah. of stuff that they probably never put on those documentaries yeah that because I because she literally writes the book as if like the the way that it reads is is you're reading an 11 year old writing it and wow. so it really like there are certain parts where she talks and it's like it's not like oh mm-hmm. i did this when i was kidnapped it was like oh like my mom didn't wake me up for this like oh, why didn't she not wake me up like mm-hmm. it was very as if she's really t- she's retelling the story from a literal like her she's going back in time in her head and writing it down. So it's really, really good. I don't know. I'm just so excited to hear way more details mm-hmm. about this. So I'm so excited, yes. very into this. And of course, this one's going to be a multi-part. Yes, I think it's going to be two parts okay. um, because there's just so there was so much information. I didn't know what to include, what to not include. It was because mm-hmm. she went into obviously vivid detail about everything yeah. that happened. And the timeline is kind of, it's very linear, but it's also all over the place because mm-hmm. it's she's writing it from an 11-year-old's point of view. So she yeah. also had no idea, like, mm-hmm. how, like, in her head, like, oh, I was there for a month and a half. That's an estimate. She never had a yeah. fucking calendar, so she yeah, didn't know. she didn't know, as well as one of the things that I'm sure we'll end up talking about mm-hmm. at some point. Trauma does make the brain have a mm-hmm. really hard time of distinguishing timelines mm-hmm. and that you never really know, like, when your brain is going to mm-hmm. remember what details. Yep. So, like, obviously because she wrote these books, there were some editing that yep. happened, so she probably was able to more exactly. go back and, like, put it in a much more, like, digestible mm-hmm. way to make it easier for us to understand mm-hmm. her trauma narrative. But yeah. if, like, if we're just speaking of, like, if we were reading her raw trauma narrative mm-hmm. or raw diary. It would be all over the place. All over the place which is very common but I'm sure like even with editing it to Mm -hmm. make it like a book and like as digestible as possible it's still gonna Mm -hmm. happen because that's just how the brain works exactly and it was just you know it's she also the way that she wrote it too was she would tell tell part of the story and then like the next page would be like a reflection of how she remember she like looking her looking back on it so it's very interesting the way she wrote it was very interesting and I only read the first book there's a second one called like it was essentially like a book of firsts. Like she mm-hmm. talks about like her first time doing everything, kind of like the, kind of how Michelle Knight or now I think her name is Lily Rose something, the okay. one from the Cleveland kidnappings. Mm-hmm. I'm reading her books right now. Her first book is about her time in our mm-hmm. Ariel Castro's house. Her second book, which I'm reading now, is about from the moment she escaped until or the moment she was rescued mm-hmm. until present day. So, oh. I think those books are very similar in the sense the first book tells a lot about their experience Mm -hmm. the second book tells about their experience afterwards um which is interesting so Mm -hmm. putting that out there i did not read jc's book for the um second part yet i'm debating checking out from the library and trying Mm -hmm. to read it for the second part because the second part mainly will focus on the rescue Mm -hmm. on the trials on uh you know philip burrito and his wife now and on jc and her girls now um so I guess with that, we can kind of jump right in. Um, so, 
Uh, J.C. Lee Dugard was born on May 3rd, 1980. Um, her parents were Terry Probin and Ken Slayton. Uh, by all accounts, though, her mom was a single mom. Um, Ken actually didn't even know about J.C. until after her kidnapping because um, she because he was seen as a suspect because um, they didn't know, like, oh, maybe he found out and he wanted to take her for his own, this, that, and the other. Um, and so it was... Up until she was seven, she was raised by a single mom. And when she was seven, her mom married her stepfather, uh, Carl Probin. Um, and we'll get into more of their relationship okay. later. It wasn't a good one, but, um, you know, mm-hmm. we'll talk about that later. Um, she was apparently a really shy kid, and she wrote in her book, um, like it was called A Stolen Life, that she got signed up for dance classes when she was younger, but um, was actually very afraid of going on stage in front of so many people and she said it was actually she was very happy because they moved from her hometown to tahoe right before the recital so she didn't have to do it and she was very excited about that and i just thought it was like really really cute and i actually like but i can't imagine how all this attention must be for her mm, now oh yeah yeah she gets into a lot of that like we'll talk more about that in part two um but um she I, i thought it was really cute and i also related related a lot um like related a lot to her in that sense because mm-hmm. I was always very I was in chorus and stuff in band growing up but I was very nervous to I never tried out for uh, solos I was always mm-hmm. very nervous to be on stage so I get that and so I when I was reading about her as 11 year old I saw a lot of myself in her um, just like the shyness how she was mm-hmm. a kid all that type of stuff um, and so blah, blah, blah. she grew up in Anaheim California but they ended up moving to Lake Tahoe area because they thought it would be safer for JC um, she said that at one point in time she was uh, riding her bike home from school and a bunch of kids started like screaming at her and stuff like that and so it just wasn't a safe That's area for terrifying. for a, a yeah. 8 to 11 year old you know mm-hmm. to be living so the move happened um, around uh, September of 1990 so just right after she turned 10 years old um so jc said she had always loved animals and she actually at the time of her kidnapping had a cat named monkey and her stepfather had a bunny named bugsy and she said that she loved uh to give bugsy great popsicles because the bunny loved it and i thought that was so fucking cute and such an 11 year old thing to do because you know like as a kid you're not going to be giving your animals what they're supposed to be getting getting fed you're like oh great popsicle sure i'm gonna give my rabbit a great popsicle like yeah like it's his favorite treat exactly it just it's it was really really cute um and so jc was an only child for terry and ken um but jc ended up getting a half sister when her mom and carl had a baby named shayna um, even though they weren't full-blooded sisters, JC treated her as if they were, as most, I mean, you know, as yeah. most people do. Oh, yeah. Um, granted, there was a 10-year age difference between them, but JC loved Shayna so fucking much. Mm-hmm. She, like, would always wake up and, like, teach, she taught her, she was saying, um, right, uh, I think it was, like, a little bit before she got kidnapped, she was taught her little sister how to jump up and down her crib, and it used to make her mom and her stepdad so mad, because it would make so much noise, but she thought it was the funniest thing ever, because it was her yeah. baby sister. Aww. Um, JC did feel, however, that Carl treated Shayna better than he treated her. Mm-hmm. Um, she never really got along with her stepdad, and he, she often said he would criticize her and be mean to her. Mm-hmm. Um, she was saying that um, he would criticize her for her table manners and, you know, and, like, be like, if you're not going to... I believe he would be like, if you're not going to have table manners, like, you're not going to eat the table with us. Like, really shitty. Yeah. He was a really shitty stepdad. Yeah. I didn't see anything saying he was physically abusive okay. or sexually abusive, but he definitely was emotionally abusive and okay. was a, kind of a shit guy. Yeah. Um, and she even said um, the morning that she um, left, that she left and she got kidnapped, she called and like, oh, I'm leaving. And he never responded because he, she assumed he was working on his car in the garage because he didn't, he didn't really care. Um, I don't know if uh, her mom was aware of how JC felt about Carl, but I saw in one source, um, a, I saw in a source that on the day of her kidnapping, um, Carl actually saw that it was happening and tried to go after the car with his bike. Um, and I only saw it a few times, but like, I'm not sure the truth of it, but the way the articles that... I do remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he, um, well, actually, no, I'm going to, okay. I just watched a, a mm-hmm. show today about the, mm-hmm. it's called the, Inside the Criminal Mind on Netflix. We talked about it. Yeah. They did a little bit about JC and he actually caught, Carl caught a glimpse of Nancy and did a pretty accurate, mm-hmm. dr- like, uh, yeah. police sketch of her. Oh, and that's wow. the only clue that they had for 18 years until like everything happened. Um, but so it's, you know, it's really sad because as I was researching this case, I thought, um, I, re- I was like, you know what, my info, like my information about her is really lacking and I tried to find more, but then I realized there wasn't a lot to find cause she's only, she was kidnapped at 11. Yeah. 
So like I was like, oh, there's not a lot about her upbringing, but because she was a, a kid when she was taken. Yeah. Um, so like you know, normally like in the Bucks County case, I could talk about their high school experience, or middle school experience, like you know, in other uh, college experiences, whatever. Um, but in JC's case, I can't because she never got to experience any of that stuff because of her kidnapping. And I thought it was really sad because I was like, my stuff's really short. And I was like, there's nothing here because there was nothing because she yeah. it got stolen from her. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess no, now we can kind of get into the down and dirty about the kidnapping. Um, I think I kind of want to go into detail about the day she was taken because I really liked how she did it in her book. She went into a very vivid detail, um, which I think gives more depth to how she felt when she was being kidnapped rather than saying, oh, she was taken by Philip and Nancy, the, whatever. Yeah. And I will say um, that's where I'm getting a lot of my info um, from is from her book. So she woke up to a seemingly normal day, uh, June day in 1991 and got ready for school. And it was actually June 10th to be exact. Um, it was only a few weeks away from the last day of the school year. She talked in her book about how she put on her favorite outfit, which was pink stretchy pants and a, key, a, and a kitten t-shirt, which, like I said before, she was an avid animal lover. So it reminded me a lot of how I would dress when I was younger. So very, very 90s, very yeah. 90s, like, little Such kid outfits. Such a kid thing to mm-hmm. say. They're like, oh, my favorite thing is these stretchy mm-hmm. pants mm-hmm. and my, like, kitten t-shirt. Exactly. Like, and like I said, she was an avid animal lover. She, baby. Exactly. Um, this is going to be a tough one. Just So, yeah, content warning, um, child abduction, child rape, um, sexual abuse, uh, religious, tra- religious trauma, too, as well. Yeah. Just put that oh. out there. Um, she was also wearing a pink cardigan because she thought it was going to be cold out. And so she actually um, also liked to accessorize sometimes as, you know, a girl after your own heart. Yeah. Um, so she was trying to find, I believe it was a necklace or a bracelet she had bought at craft fair, but she couldn't find it. Um, and so she's like, fuck, I can't, well, she didn't say fuck, yeah. but she's like, I can't find it. So yeah. instead she slipped a small butterfly ring with a diamond in the middle on her pinky finger. Um, her mom had actually gotten her this when she was four years old and it was really, really special to her. Keep this in mind. It comes okay. back later. Okay. Um, but she she said she had to put on her pinky finger because she outgrew it. And so she could only fit on her pinky finger. She then quickly eats some breakfast and debates asking her stepdad to let her stay home because she was feeling a little queasy. Mm-hmm. But she decided against it because he, she didn't really want to spend the day with him because it was just her, the baby, and him. And she didn't really like him. Um, she says goodbye to her cat and bunny and begins to walk up uh, the hill from their Tahoe home to the bus stop. Um, something I thought was really cute, but also being really sad, was that when JC first woke up that morning, she was waiting in bed for her mom to come give her a kiss good morning before she went to work, but her mom forgot. And I don't know why I thought it was important to include it, but I know if I forgot to kiss my kid and something like this happened, I would feel so fucking oh, yeah. guilty. I would never and putting this out there, I put it in all caps, not shitting on her mom, though, please don't come at me. Like, I'm not shitting on her mom, yeah, but... Yeah, her mom didn't do anything wrong there, but yeah, you would have that regret forever. Mm-hmm. Like, and in her book, she like the, the, the first page or two, she was just like, you know, my mom, my, like she was thinking about how she's gonna like essentially like m- make fun of her mom later in the evening for not giving her a kiss yeah. goodbye. Um, so anyway, so she was walking up the bus stop. She sees a gray car pull up next to her. Um, the man in the car, spoiler alert, is a shit stain named uh, Philip Garrido. Rolls down the window and asks, starts to ask her for directions. Um, I don't want to interrupt you too mm-hmm. much, but I okay so. Small tangent. My first job out of college was being a prevention educator mm-hmm. for K through 12 schools. So I would go to schools and I would be the JJ Bittenbender walking into kids' schools, ruining their fucking day, mm-hmm. letting them know there are some adults out there who want to hurt you yep. or could hurt you. Mm-hmm. Luckily, nowadays, it was more like we would do like safe, unsafe, and bad touch. Yeah. And, or, and, yeah, and bad touch. And then we would also talk about, like, tricky people. Mm-hmm. So one of the things I'd have to tell small children as young as four years old mm-hmm. in pre-K is that no adult ever needs directions yes. from you, a child. Yep. You cannot drive. Yep. You can't go anywhere. No adult should mm-hmm. ever be asking you for yep. directions or for help. Yep. No, there's no, no adult reason. needs your help. No adult needs your help. Like, e- even, even, as a, even as a grown woman at 23, mm-hmm. if someone asks me for help, I usually say, Say no. Yeah. Because you don't help people. That's how you die. No. Like that's or that's how you not victim blaming. That's yeah. how you die. That's how you get it's hurt. Not safe. Not safe. People are scam artists everywhere. Yes. Like literally, like one of the biggest and easiest scams that people do at like the Eiffel Tower is they walk around with clipboards being like, Oh, help us with this thing. Or mm-hmm. like, do you care about animal cruelty? And then they pick your pocket. Mm-hmm. Like Nobody needs your help. Yep. No stranger is gonna walk up and ask you for help unless they are literally bloody and bleeding, which call nine one one. But, but even again, then, I've seen that before, a, and I'm like, yeah. fuck no. You know. I'm like, I'm just going to shut the door real quick. Yeah. But, like, 
you're a small child. Yep. No adult mm-hmm. needs help from you. Yep, and we're not victim blaming. We're no, not doing I just that. Want it's just every child. Putting that out Please tell there. your kids. No adult needs exactly. Help. So um, before she realizes, uh, she uh, before she realizes, um, Garrido ends up bringing out a stun gun and tases her. Um, oh God. Yeah, she falls to the ground because she got tased. Uh, fucking duh. And then she ends up actually peeing her pants. Um, she This was something she harped on a lot because she was so embarrassed about it um, because she was 11 years old. Um, and then she was put in the back of the back of his car and covered with a blanket and other objects to keep her from moving. She said it was very restricting and she was like scared and she thought she felt like she needed to vomit, but she didn't want to because she knew she would have to sit with the smell of the vomit the entire time. Um, they eventually stopped and then he... Uh, got out him so Nancy was also there Nancy was in the car as well um they stopped he got the blankets off he gave her something to drink and then while he was doing that he laughed and looked at Nancy and was saying it was awesome how he got away with it he got away with kidnapping an 11 year old like how fucked up is that that's so like, fucked mm-hmm. and you probably are gonna cover it but like because her stepdad saw mm-hmm. it did he like immediately call 911 I'm not quite sure. I didn't do okay. a lot of... I'll, I'll, I'll talk about that a little bit in part two. Okay. Because um, that's something I should probably research a little more on. I don't know if he did. I'm believing... Yeah. He, I believe he did. Because that's how they yeah. got the, ske- the sketch of Nancy. Okay. Um, but that's the only thing. But no, he didn't even see, he didn't even see Garrido. He just saw Nancy. Which is um, fair. Because, like, if you're talking about, like, if she was in the passenger mm-hmm. side and they, like, mm-hmm. s- just breezed by yep. him, you're only going to see the person yep. in the passenger side. Yep. And plus it's up a hill, you? too. Yeah. So it's like you can't, you know... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, <clears throat> uh, he then covered her again and drove her to his home, which was a good 120 miles away, f- away from where she was from. Oh my God. So, <coughs> that ta- so mm-hmm. that takes a lot of planning mm-hmm. to drive 120 well, miles it's away funny from your home. Because he actually didn't plan to choose her specifically. Okay. He just, I'll, I'll get into his okay. motives in a little, in like mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, but the, um, entire time in her book, when she was, when she talked about being in the mm-hmm. car, she kept saying how she wanted her mommy and wanted to go back home and would even be happy to see her stepfather despite not liking him. And was like, I just want to see my, my baby sister because her sister was asleep in the morning. Mm-hmm. So she couldn't even play with her sister in the morning. Um, mm-hmm. So they eventually got to the Garrido home, uh, which heads up, I'm going to be referring to Philip Garrido as Garrido and then um, Nancy as Nancy because okay. it's just easier than yeah. just saying Nancy and Philip. Um, uh, so once they got to the home, which is one of the only times... Uh, well, sorry. Once they got to the Garrido home, they go into the home, which is one of the only times that JC was in his actual home for the first like probably ten years of her of her captivity. Um, he threatened her with a stun gun and said if she tried to run, she would get tased again. Um, so trigger warning for this next part. Um, there, like I said, there are going to be a lot of trigger warnings in this, but also next episode if you couldn't tell. Mm-hmm. Um, he then led her to the bathroom and instructed her to get naked and also undress. Um, he made her touch him, mm-hmm. um, and then gets in the shower with her. Um, he washes her off and shaves her armpits and vagina so they don't have any hair on them. Which is really fucked up because yeah. I could go on a rant for hours about how society pressures women to shave yes. to look like young women, like young girls. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is literally an 11-year-old. This is a baby. Like, if you... And this baby you abducted doesn't look young enough for you? Mm-hmm. What? Mm-hmm. Fuck. And if you, if you, like, I mean, you've seen a picture of JC. She's, you know, yeah, she so like gorgeous. Like, yeah. gorgeous for an 11 year old. Yeah, she's, she's very, very cute. Pretty. Yeah, very pretty. She's um, girl. Like, she looks like any other 11 year old would look. Like, this fucker just wanted her to look younger than she was, and it was mm-hmm. fucking gross. And it was, it's kind of fucked up because she was actually going to have a um, end of the year trip to a water park with her class. And she was trying to think of a way to ask her mom to shave her legs because she was, she was embarrassed about the I leg hair. I remember that. Yeah. Age. Oh. Yeah, so she, like, she was trying to figure out how to ask her mom to shave her own legs, yeah. and then she gets kidnapped, and this guy does it for her. Does, yeah. shaves her arm, armpits oh, and her genitals. And, like, to... takes that, like, first moment mm-hmm. that, like, that's a pretty big moment mm-hmm. for, like, a young person. Yep. And, like, especially, like, although I think it's, like, a young person thing in general, but especially with, like, how we socialize mm-hmm. young girls, that's, like, a really big it's moment. It's a coming-of-age thing. Yeah, in, like, a young girl's life. I mean, I vividly remember, I started shaving my legs probably when I was 10 or 11, like, mm-hmm. and I vividly remember sitting in class, yeah. rubbing my legs because of how, there was no hair there. I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, it's And it's I crazy. remember that <clears throat> the first time I was ever embarrassed, like, at a party and seeing, like, all of the people my, all mm-hmm. the girls my age were, all had shaved legs that I didn't, mm-hmm. and going home to my mom and being like, this is embarrassing, mm-hmm. I have to do this. Yep. Like, I remember that yep. time. Yep, and so she, so he took that's one of the many things he took from her you know as a as a a baby essentially um 
apologize again for the fucking bird that's screaming outside of our window right now. <laughs> um, so they got out of the shower. He hands her a towel and he, and she asks for her clothes back. Um, he then chuckles and says, no, uh, fucking disgusting. Um, he then puts a blanket over her head and leads her to his backyard into a small room, which they called the studio. Um, in here, he put JC on a bed and handcuffed her, but it wasn't an actual bed. It was like, um, I'm trying to how to describe it. She said it was kind of like a pallet with like an egg crate mattress or something like that. It, I, I'm, okay. assume, I'm assuming it was just like a thin mattress, if yeah. anything. Um, because there's not a lot of pictures of inside yeah. there because it was, it, she was there for 18 years. So it changed, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Um, but so, uh, he... Um, handcuffed her to this quote-unquote bed. He only gave her a bucket to go to the bathroom in and would only uncuff her when he brought her food once a day. Mm. And that was that was pretty much the first week or two she was there. That was it. Um, so another trigger warning for this next part, um, child rape and sexual abuse. Uh, it was after a week of having JC that Philip raped her for the first time. Um, I'm not going to go into details because it's really graphic and yeah. uh, how she describes it is really fun. It's the way she describes it is the yeah. way an 11 year old will describe being brutally yeah. raped. And it's, it's, it's re- it was really hard to read. Yeah, um, he kept her handcuffed in the shed for a few weeks and eventually he uh, trusted her enough to uncuff her and brought her a black and white TV to watch. There was no um, news channels. It was mainly QVC. And so she talked a lot about how she would fall asleep a lot to jewelry being sold and to, you know, yeah. she, but she, she, he purposely made sure it had no news channels. So mm-hmm. she wouldn't know people were looking for her. Yeah. Um, so then, uh, but she pretty much stayed in this room for about a month and a half, uh, before he brought her into next door, which is what they call the shed next to the studio. Um, okay. also backtrack a little bit. The studio is soundproof. Um, oh. it's soundproofed. Yeah. Oh, so, that's so while, terrifying. while he wasn't planning on taking her, he was planning on taking someone because the, that's it was so soundproofed. Scary. Yeah. Um, so they, he brought her into the next door, which is next to the soundproof studio. Um, here is where Greta would go on his quote unquote runs. Um, this is when he would take a large amount of drugs, um, I believe it was meth or some type of upper, and rape and assault JC for hours and hours, sometimes days. Um, and uh, she was kept here for a few of these runs and stayed here for a while during her captivity. And during these runs, he would um, make her dress up, put on makeup, tie her to, tie her to a wall in certain positions. Um, and sometimes the one day she was saying that he was on one of these runs but forgot he had to pick up his wife from her overnight job and left JC strung up like on the wall for hours and she was like less i think she was like 12 or 13 at this time yeah um and so uh yeah pretty rough (laughs) um yeah uh so seven months into her being with garrito um he finally introduced her to his wife nancy um granted she was nancy was there when she when jc was kidnapped but they never really met met yeah they were kept separate yeah um, he said he wanted them to be friends, but JC wrote that he th- that she thought Nancy was jealous of her since Greta was having sex with her and not Nancy, um, which is so fucked up because um, I'm sorry. I don't care how much you love someone. If they introduce you to a child they kidnap to rape, yeah. fucking run. Also, like, well, not even fucking run. Just, like, you're... She's... I genuinely have always thought she is as much, if not oh, more yes. than a monster than he is because yes. how could you possibly be okay with mm-hmm. this? with this situation how yep. could you ever not like mm-hmm. straight up murder this person or take them to jail mm-hmm. when they even suggest this shit mm-hmm. to you how can you be okay knowing that this is going on in your own backyard mm-hmm. yep. as well as like how do you blame her for this deviant disgusting person mm-hmm. wanting to hurt a child the person to blame here is the mm-hmm. person doing this gross horrific shit yep but i'm sure like JC was right that she probably was jealous of mm-hmm. her and did probably yep. was shitty to JC mm-hmm. knowing that like and blaming her yep. for like her husband's yep. deviancy. And so um so J- J- uh, Nancy sometimes actually acted as JC's like caregiver kind of. Mm-hmm. She often brought her food and actually brought her a purple teddy bear that JC clung to her entire time she was in captivity. Um, but even though Nancy might have seemed like an okay person, JC multiple times in her book called her evil and twisted. Um, and Nancy, you know, often berated JC and, you know, was a massive fucking cunt to her because, mm-hmm. you know, she's jealous of this 11 year old girl who is a victim, who's a, vic- who's a fucking yeah. victim and who has no choice in any of these mm-hmm. things, took no part in this. And it kind of like, it always baffles me and sometimes like makes me spin out thinking about the justification mm-hmm. these women must have to do yep. in their minds to try to blame someone else mm-hmm. for 
the bad behavior of the person mm-hmm. who was promised to be faithful yep. or to be good to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and we'll get into how they met in a little bit and how Nancy and Philip mm-hmm. met, and it'll it'll like it'll show that like she from the get go didn't give a fuck about anything he yeah. did, like any of the crimes he's previously committed or was gonna commit. You can tell she didn't give a fuck. I just She's don't gross. Understand how the fuck these people exist. It, I, yeah, exactly. It's like Ugh. people like morbid like Ash and Elena yeah. always say like, how do you find more than one person who wants to do this type yes. of shit? Like to, to my knowledge, Nancy never directly as like physically or sexually okay, assaulted so JC. She's, like... she's not physically culpable, okay. but she is she was definitely a part of the like fucking with JC like, you know, yeah. cuz apparently there was a one birthday. I don't have it written down, so I'm kind of going off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. JC it was one of JC's birthdays, which I don't think they knew it was her birthday, mm-hmm. but they came and were like, "Oh, we have a surprise for you." And she was like, "Oh, maybe they actually got me something like whatever." And Philip goes, "Look." And Nancy's like, "Look at my hair." And she got her hair done. And like, like, "Look at this surprise." But it was That's JC was like, "Okay." Thanks, guys, I guess. Yeah. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. fucked up. Um, so this is also really sad. Um, throughout the first few years, J.C. was given a few kittens because um, she wasn't... She, he didn't, he didn't mm-hmm. kill them. He, oh, but he would... Um, but every time she got one, he would take it away a few months later. So I think she had, like, two or three kittens when she was, like, a young, like a, like a, like a young girl who got taken away from her. Um, I'm not sure what she... What, like, the thought was behind this, except maybe just to break her. Uh, probably, like, because... Because, like, one of the things that I always found super interesting when, like, going to school and things like Mm -hmm. that was learning about the concept of, like, learned helplessness, Mm -hmm. which, like, learned helplessness, helplessness, yes, thank you, say that five times fast, (laughs) but that principle basically is that we can, when we get so, like, mentally broken, thinking that we cannot help or get out of our situation, Mm -hmm to survive our brains automatically just shut down and become and accept whatever the Mm -hmm. situation is and learned helplessness can set in in a matter of minutes to days and especially with like stockholm syndrome Mm -hmm. that can exist because of the principle of learned Mm -hmm. helplessness and this principle of like breaking someone doing something horrible and then caring for them after well and that's and that's something that you know after his runs he would you know, sob and apologize to jc and be like Mm -hmm. i'm so sorry i'm doing this like this that and the other um but she, he would often, like, try to make her laugh and try to, like, do mm-hmm. silly voices and stuff, and she would go along with it, because it, even though he was the one who was hurting her, it provided her some type of comfort, yeah. because that That's was all she had. Yeah. He was the only person she saw for, like, mm-hmm. a, at least a few, at least at least seven months, because yeah. Nancy wasn't even in the picture at that time, yeah, or so she wasn't in the picture in JC's yeah, eyes. Yeah, so all you have is this horrible person who's doing horrible mm-hmm. things to you. But, like, that's why the principle of Stockholm Syndrome, like, absolutely can and does exist, because you have to sometimes, like, mm-hmm. it's the same thing that, like, unfortunately, DV victims go through, too. Mm-hmm. It's, like, you end up bonding with your captor yep. or your abuser because they make you feel like you, you have yep. no one else. And because there are times where they are good to you. Yep. So and then you just, mm-hmm. your brain automatically thinks they're capable of this goodness. Yep. And that, and we'll talk about the Stockholm Syndrome uh, when we talk about her rescue because mm-hmm. that plays a part into oh her God. being rescued and stuff yeah. like that. And the, the way the mm-hmm. uh, police... Uh, talk to her and the way she talked to the police before she admitted who she yep. was. Um, so, um, she even once got a little kitten and named it Eclipse and actually wrote a journal about everything the kitten did, like how much it weighed, how long it was, what tricks it learned, which I thought was really fucking cute. And in the book, there was actually photocopies of the journey. You could see her writing and everything. And in the top left corner, top right corner, she'd write, like, how much it weighed, how long it was, like, what it, like, um, any tricks it knew, like, shit like that it was really cute. Um, and apparently on this journal, she wrote something along the lines of, like, um, written by J.C. Lou Dugard, and uh, Garrido made her tear it out because he didn't want to hear her name or see her name. So for the rest of the time of her being held captive, she wasn't allowed to say or write her name at all. So for 18 years, she never said her name, never wrote her name. Did he introduce a new name to her that early on or just say, like... Just say no. Because no. he didn't yeah. want anyone to know that she, he was connected to her. Okay. But he did introduce a name later on. Okay. Um, but not this or not this early on. Okay. Um, so before we go into more details about you know what JC was forced to do and go through, even though we already kind of did, um, I kind of want to give some details about Garrido and his beliefs. I'm not going to go into his upbringing or Nancy's upbringing because I don't give a fuck what I don't yeah, give a fuck. No I don't cares. care. <laughs> um, but I do want to give a little bit of background to him as a young adult or him as like a I don't want to say young adult. I think he was born in 1950. I want to say and okay. like I guess when he was like 26 or something. Mm-hmm to a crime he committed to kind of show that this... There was a lead-up. There was a lead-up to this. Okay. Um, So, apparently, um, 
he was known to be a violent man sexually and as he committed very various sexual assaults and rape before he took JC. Um, he actually had a court-ordered psychiatric evaluation in 1976, um, and he was diagnosed as a chronic drug user and a sexual deviant. Um, so this guy's already fucked. And so now you might be wondering, Tori, why did this stellar, picture-perfect example yeah. of a man have a court-ordered psych eval? Why did this yeah. perfect image of a man? Well, bitch, let me fucking tell you. In 1976, he kidnapped a 25-year-old woman whose name I'm not going to say, even though it's out there, but I just mm -hmm. felt yeah. like it's her privacy, um, and took her um, in his car to a warehouse in Reno, Nevada, where he proceeded to rape her for five and a half hours over and over and over again. Um, police thankfully showed up because they saw the um, the uh, car outside of the warehouse and mm -hmm. the door was open and it was just like open yeah. sitting there, so they knocked on the warehouse. He came and talked to them and while he answered the door, while Greedo answered the door, mm -hmm. the woman cried out for help and then he was promptly arrested. Um, he was sentenced to a 50-year life sentence for this crime. Now, once again, I'm sure you're wondering how this angel okay. got out of jail and was able to take JC yeah. in 1991. Um, he served uh, 11 years for a 50-year sentence, probably for some good behavior. 11 years for something like that? And, okay, so the woman that he mm -hmm. abducted into this too, did he know her? No. Okay, how? Okay, 11 so years. everything that happened to JC was entirely preventable? Yes. Yep. And how do you ever let a person like that out Ever. Yep. That person is absolutely capable of doing everything that mm -hmm. he did to JC. Moore probably could have been a serial rapist, serial murderer. Mm -hmm. And you're going to let this person out. Like that yep. crime in and of itself shows that this person is capable of yep. absolutely everything that's horrible. And, and he was released even though he was diagnosed as a sexual deviant. And he apparently, um, he I, I saw other places that apparently he... Um, would uh, go to, this was prior to the rape, he would go to middle school and high schools and just jack off in the parking lots. Like, so this guy's fucked up. Like, born bred, born and bred pedophile. Like, yeah. fucked up. Um, so he was released 11 years later into the care of the uh, federal parole authorities in California where he began residing with his mother who had dementia and his wife Nancy who, oh, by the way, he met her while she was visiting her uncle in federal prison. <laughs> That's right. He met her while she was a visitor at the prison, and they got married in prison. So uh, it's not like she met him after prison and was like, and he omitted this. No, no, no. He met her while she was he was in prison, and they got married okay. in prison. Yeah. So, like, and um, I, yeah. Hello. I have so many questions to mm -hmm. your mental state. First off. Um, unless you're in a situation like I am where, like, you have an uncle that you consider, like, a brother. Mm -hmm. Why are you visiting? Oh, like, I... Mm -hmm. Any other than, like, my brother, mm -hmm. who's biologically my uncle, but, like, wasn't mm -hmm. really raised as that to me. But, like, I'm not close enough to any of my uncles that I would mm -hmm. visit them in prison. Nope. Why were you so close to your uncle that you're going to visit him in prison? Federal prison. Federal my, prison. My, 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 my so he must have done something hella fucked. Mm -hmm. But also, you just see this gross, nasty, like person sitting in the corner and you're like hey what'd you do to get in here and he was like oh yeah this and you're gonna be like i'm gonna marry you yeah because like i don't know about you but if i met a prisoner who was convicted and serving a life sentence for rape and kidnapping i might not want to marry him much less fucking talk no. to him i would be like oh that's nice i'm gonna go leave because yep. mm -hmm. i can leave because Ex you're in jail and i'm exactly not. goodbye yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, now that we have that little background on Garrido, let's talk about the delusions he had that he often talked to oh, JC about. So, remember how I said uh, he was a chronic drug user? Mm -hmm. Well, his drug of choice, like I said before, I thought it was meth. It was meth. And sometimes LSD. Um, nice. And he was also a religious fanatic as well, which, love it. Um, so, he would, they often got worse when he was high, as most delusions do. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, also, side note, he also had a personality disorder. I didn't, couldn't find what it was, okay. but he did have a personality disorder. Um, I didn't see schizophrenia or anything, but I think the delusions were from the uh, meth. Okay. You know, because that happens yeah. sometimes. Um, you know, the fun stuff. Yeah. He thought there were voices coming from the TV, and even though it was just playing static, and would often ask JC and his wife if they could hear them, she often... Um, remembered him getting a device called the bi bionic ear which i'm not sure what that was but he would force her to sit in front of a static tv with these these on, these headphones on her being like you can hear it right you can hear it you can hear that right can you hear me like it was fu yeah fu fucked up um and then she raised that sometimes she would say yes because he was she was afraid of him yeah she didn't know what he was gonna do if she said no exactly. um and so he also told her that uh angels were the reason he kidnapped her 
um, and the angels did this, they allowed him to get away with it because they he was getting too close to their realm, and them allowing him to kidnap JC would keep him out of their realm. Okay. So, like, I'm sure at some point we'll probably end up covering Richard Ramirez. Yes. He is the only one that, like, sometimes kind of makes sense to me because they were like, oh, the devil. Mm Because, like, the devil's supposed to be a bad dude. How do these guys who are doing something horrible Mm -hmm. think that, like, God or, like, angels Mm -hmm. or what is supposed to be good and right is on their side? Mm -hmm. You're stealing a child's childhood and her entire personhood Mm -hmm. and basically, like, you're stealing this person's soul and you're gonna be like, oh, yeah, the angels are on my side. And to add insult to injury, um, he also multiple times told her that it was her job to help him with his sexual urges so the rest of society would be, would be protected. Um, Fuck that. And it's like, so, he, so, and JC literally wrote, like, why is it my job? Why, why do I have to be the one to do this? Like, she's like, why am I the one who has to deal with this so the rest of society can be protected? I'm a child. Yeah. Like, you should be what's protected. <gasps> exactly. Um, so just to, you know, catch us all up, at this point, yeah. it's 1994. So it's been three years since, she, or no, yeah, three years since she's been kidnapped. Three years? Three years since she's yeah. been kidnapped. Um, it's uh, now Easter. Um, she gets a home-cooked meal from Nancy and Garrido, and she said it wasn't very common for it to happen. She normally mm-hmm. would just get fast food. Um, as we see, I feel like a lot of kidnappers mm-hmm. tend to do that with their victims, i.e. Ariel Castro yeah. only fed Michelle Knight... Uh, Gina De Jesus and uh, Amanda Berry McDonald's. Like, they only were fed that type of stuff. Um, uh, so she was like, oh, that's nice. Like, a nice home-cooked meal. Um, at this point, she had also gone back from the um, the next door to the studio. Okay. So she's moved back. It, that This is where I got a little confused with researching. There's a lot of back and forth to different areas. So okay. she was originally in the soundproof studio, mm-hmm. moved to next door for a while where there's uh, two rooms mm-hmm. and there was uh, a better bed, like a pull out sofa, stuff like that. And then she okay. was moved back to the soundproof studio. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, at this point, uh, they then sat her down and explained that they, that they thought she was pregnant. Mind you, at this time she had ju- was just about to turn 14. Oh my God. Um, and she said that she knew something was different cause she felt weird and she felt like she was waddling instead of walking and she had gained weight, but she didn't know exactly what it was. Um, so she wrote in her book that she was scared, but eventually she began to feel less alone due to knowing she would have someone with her soon, even if the circumstances weren't good. Um, so she gave birth to her daughter on August 18th, 1994, um, a few, only three or four months after her 14th birthday. So she was 14 years old when she had her first child. Um, and she did so in the next door shed they moved her back into once she Mm -hmm. was giving birth. Um, there was never any hospital. There was no, um, you know, doctors. They watched YouTube videos and they let her watch like... Uh, it was a, a certain doctor, um, so doctor something on TV to prepare for the birth. So it was kind of like, that's, that's, yeah. She is so lucky to have survived childbirth mm-hmm. as a tiny 14 child. Year old. Yep. Your hips aren't even wide enough mm-hmm. to do that safely. Like, mm-hmm. she's, she could have died yep. from mm-hmm. this. Um, Yeah. So, um, she hasn't released the name of her children, because, spoiler, there's another baby coming, um, to protect them, and I think that's a really good idea on her part, and even though I didn't do a lot of deep digging, but I did search up, like, J.C. Dugard children, I could not find their name or their face anywhere. The only pictures I was able to find was ones that she released of them as babies, and Mm -hmm. there's nothing that you could, there's, they're a baby. It looks like, they look like every every white baby baby ever. looks like every baby. Exactly. Um, so, but in her book, she called her oldest daughter A, which, um, so we'll call her A as well. Um, so JC learned how to nurse the baby and take care of the baby through TV, um, but was still having a really hard time. Granted, she's fucking 14 years old and also being still raped. Um, uh, she recalled breastfeeding as being very strange and sometimes would like a break from her daughter, but also hated when her daughter was apart from her because that was her, that was her comfort. That was the only other person. That was the one good person that she knew. The only other innocent person. Yep. That exists here. Exactly. Um, so after her first daughter's birth, JC says that Greta wouldn't rape her as much, but uh, would still do so when he took drugs. Um, and she just eventually started to appease anything he wanted just yeah. because she wanted... you wa- want to keep yourself safe and, and the baby safe. Exactly. Um, she says the final time he raped her was when she, um, when she was, uh, when her second daughter was conceived. Um, so she was 17 when her second daughter was born on November 13th, 1997, which is literally not even six months older than me. Um, so in her book, she calls her youngest G. 
Um, so we have the oldest, who at this time was around, I think she was around three or three and a half, four years old when, mm-hmm. when the youngest was born. So okay. the oldest is A, youngest is G. Okay. Um, apparently Garrido loved these children and did indeed act as their dad, and they called him dad. Um, but as they got older, he told JC she had to go by a different name to make sure they wouldn't, the, the girls wouldn't accidentally slip up when he took them out in public. Yeah. Note, he would take the girls out in public and say they were his and Nancy's. That hurts yes. my heart. Exactly. So much. So she, he actually let her choose her own name. So okay. she chose Alyssa um, okay. and uh, also was told to tell the children that she was their sister and Nancy was their mom. Um, so mind you, this was when she was probably like 18, 19. So her youngest daughter is already five or six. Okay. So like growing up in my family, I know like we all kind of like helped raise each other yeah. and like my older sister always acts as like a second mother. Mm-hmm. But please tell me like when the girls got to a certain age where they would genuinely understand like who is their mom, didn't just take them from JC and mm-hmm. force Nancy to raise them as mom. Um, I think she... I think JC did a lot of the raising, okay. but just tr- they, she was treated as an older sibling. I don't think she was treated as a mom. Which much, so, so much. when she got rescued, mm-hmm. it was she it was two thousand nine, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. So her youngest daughter was ten years old. Did they genuinely believe that was their older sister? I'm not sure because okay. everything with her kids is, was kept very under wraps. That's so fair. I couldn't find a lot of information about it, but I'm going to go into. Mm-hmm their life now um okay. in the second part because they mm-hmm. she talks a lot about it in her first book and i want to read the second book yeah and she has made such a big you know she's yeah. very outspoken and even to this day i don't i couldn't find any pictures of the girls even though they're adults like yeah. the youngest is my age or maybe yeah. is a little older that's like a year older than me yeah. and that's well, so she's 24 but i have no yeah. idea who they are anyway um but so uh eventually you know he would take his he would he would take the children he forcibly had with JC out mm-hmm. and eventually he started to bring JC out as well. Okay. Um and he wasn't too concerned about her being recognized though because she had gained 30 pounds during her pregnancies and Garrido had also dyed her normally very light blonde hair brown. Oh. Um and just became routine and for her she's to dye her older. hair. Like, yeah, she at this point even she Even with age progression photos sometimes it's really hard mm-hmm. to think of anybody like when you think of like Madeline McCain. I mm. could not imagine what she would look like Mm-mm. as the age she's supposed to be. All I can see is the child. Yep, on the exactly. Flyers. Exactly. And it was, at this point, she'd been gone for almost ten years. Yeah. Because I believe he only took her out like I, I want to say te- he took her out a few times after her daughters were born, but then mm-hmm. he really started taking her out after like a good decade of her being with him. Yeah. Um. So she had written that every time she went out, she would always feel like somebody would point her out and ask her if she was that missing girl for, from years ago. Mm-hmm. But apparently, no one ever did. Um. Yeah. It's been so long. Yeah, and it made me really sad because I'm sure she was wanting so bad to leave the hell she was living in. Yeah. But she didn't want to upset Garrido, especially because she had two children to take care of, even yes. if she wasn't quote unquote their mom. Yeah. You know, you don't want to leave your two but girls. She knows that's their children, and she doesn't yeah. ever want to be separated. From exactly. Them. But like, that's what's always really sad because like I think about it all the time that like because of how rare it is for a child who is abducted to not immediately be murdered Mm -hmm. that i'm sure unfortunately after 10 years the general public didn't have any hope that she was alive Mm -hmm. well how many how many people do like with madeline mccann yeah people are like she's dead yeah she very well could be alive we don't know we don't know and people thought jc was dead yeah because because especially very statistically rare yeah but it can't well and especially because elizabeth smart was taken while jc was in custody and jc saw the news about elizabeth smart and also saw her got saw elizabeth smart getting returned back to her family and jc saw that and she's like but that's not happening to me like she saw that when she didn't even get to have that little bit of hope Mm -hmm. that it wasn't even like it's kind of nice that she got to see that it's possible, mm-hmm. but she just was so hopeless mm-hmm. because of her situation yep. that she didn't even get to think. That exactly. That um, so JC writes mm-hmm. about how as she got older and the daughters did too, that Garrido's mom ended up getting sicker because mind you, the entire time this home that they live in mm-hmm. or that the, the home that Nancy and Philip have yeah. with all the stuff in the backyard, um, his mom lives there too. What? Oh yeah. Uh, sorry, I didn't mention that. Yeah, his mom lives in that home. How the fuck does she not know? Um, she's old and had, still was, had early onset dementia. Oh, Jesus. So, yeah, so Pat, her name is Pat. Pat oh, lived there the Pat. entire fucking time. Yeah. So, as she got sicker, um, JC was allowed to go in the main house to take her shift with Pat. Um, and then when she was done, she would go back outside and live outside. Um, she started to live in a tent. Her daughters lived in the building they called next door. And then Nancy um, would sleep in the house, often take care, care of um, 
Pat at night, um, and Greta would often sleep on the couch in the main house or in the spare room with Nancy. So at this point, just to catch up, there's the main house where yeah. Pat, uh, Greta's mom sleeps, mm-hmm. um, as well as Nancy and uh, and Nancy and Greta sleep there as well. In the next door, which is um, they didn't yeah. really use a soundproof studio a lot after the t- after the girls got bigger because they were you know yeah. neither in room. So <clears throat> excuse me. Mm-hmm. Um, next door is where the two girls slept, and then JC had her own little tent in the backyard as well. This poor girl only gets to sleep in a tent yeah. after years of abuse. Yeah. Also, like, so his mother has Alzheimer's. Yes. There are still times where you are buried yep. there, and you spend the majority of your time fully aware. Mm-hmm. So she's just led to believe, like, this is just a nurse. Or why, if I looked out my house and saw that my son was like, oh, yeah, there's this, like, girl who, like, is kind of your live-in nurse, I would look out and see her in her tent and be like, why well, the here's, fuck Well, here's the thing. Tent? So if you look, and we'll post a picture of it for the, um, mm-hmm. what's it called, for the Instagram or whatever. Mm-hmm. If you look at the high up, like, the house yeah. is separated from the backyard by a bunch of trees. Okay, so she can't So she see. can't really see it, no. Okay, that's a little bit more fair. Yeah. But, like... It's still fucked. I mean, it's still fucked regardless. Yes, but why does she have to stay in a tent when you still have the studio, other than you're just being a dick? Uh, well, she actually, like, and like she actually said she ended up kind of enjoying it because it was her own space. Okay. Um, she would get a few a new a new tent every few years because obviously the weather would wreck mm-hmm. her old one. But the last tent she was given was put on top of a platform that Greta built for her, so it would be drier. And I saw pictures. She had a few dressers. Like, um, she kind of decorated the outside with like some plants and stuff like that. You know. Um, so now, um, you know, we're getting to the best part of the case, um, which is going to be her rescue. Um, but before we do, I feel like I have to address a few times that law enforcement really fucked up and failed her. Yeah. Cause there were a few times that, you know, um, that they could have easily prevented everything and didn't. Um, and I didn't realize how off, how many times that was until I researched it. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first time it failed her, in my opinion, was when the correction system let Garrido out of jail for the rape he committed in the late yeah, 70s. Yeah, that's absolutely the first. Like, I, and I know, like... That never should have happened. And I know the justice system is tricky and this, that, and the other, but I feel like if he was in jail still, it obviously wouldn't have happened to JC. It might have happened to another person, but it wouldn't have happened to JC. Um, another time they failed her, um, which I don't really know my opinion about it, was when JC, where JC got kidnapped and taken was also around the same area that Garrido kidnapped his rape victim in the 70s. So, like... Oh, gran- my God. So, it's absolutely, like... Pattern. Yeah. Granted, granted, it was almost 20 years later that this happened, but I feel like if they tried to connect any sexual predators to the area, he would have fucking popped up. Because mm-hmm. that's where this woman was taken. Um, then another time is when a call came into a fire department in the area in June of 2002 saying there was a child that had an injured shoulder and it happened in a pool on the Garrido property. Um, now, I didn't see, like, what the outcome of that was, but uh, this wasn't reported to the parole board, mind okay. you, even though he was on parole. Um, even if it was, they had was no... Was it one of the girls? Or was I it think a neighborhood so. kid? No, I think it was one of the girls. It was oh, on wow. the Garrido property. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and they would not let anyone on the property, obviously, for, yeah. you know, because they had JC and, and, the, and the two the two daughters. Um, but the parole board had no record of any juveniles or pool on the property, so if they looked into the call, they would have they found something. They would have found all of them. Exactly. Oh, I forgot to ask this earlier, mm-hmm. and sorry to keep You're interrupting. Good. The girls go to school? Like uh, JC homeschooled them. Oh, okay. She homeschooled them. And then, oh, oh something okay. else I forgot to mention, too. Um, he ended up running a printing business called Print for Less. And JC was the one who, like, he was, he did, like, a, mm-hmm. Greedo tried to do, like, a graphic design, but was really shitty at it. Yeah. So JC was like, oh, let me try. Like, let me go on the computer and yeah. try. Um, so she ended up working for whoever had print for, whoever bought yeah. stuff from Print for Less was um, all that was made by JC. She would wake up, because at this point her girls were old enough to kind of take care of themselves. So they would wake up, they would take care of Pat, she would do her stuff for print for less, and that's how they made made money, was JC did all the stuff. Yep, it was like business cards, wedding invitations, shit like that. Yep, forgot to mention that. Yeah, and she homeschooled her girls online, like, and mind you, she had the education of an 11-year-old, and she homeschooled all her girls the entire time. Yeah. So speechless. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, So, you know to go back because I feel like there's a bunch so of stuff. sorry. No, no, you're good because there's stuff I forgot to add mm-hmm. in because there's so much information. Yeah. Um, so then, um, finally, there was a call placed to, uh, to police by a neighbor of Garrido's in 2006 that reported children living in tents in the backyard and uh, the neighbor said that Garrido had sexual addictions and he was psychotic. Um, so police showed up to the home, talked to Garrido in the doorway about how if there were people living in the backyard, there'd be a code violation 
and then talked for about 30 minutes and then uh, fucking left. So you didn't even check the backyard? Nope. You just yelled at him about it, didn't check the backyard? Didn't even say, oh, it's not safe to keep kids out there. Yeah. They said, oh, it's going to be a codes violation. So well, okay, like, that's very frustrating, but also, like, if you think someone's breaking the law or breaking code, why aren't you fucking looking? Mm-hmm. That makes me more angry. It reminded me a lot of the um, Cleveland kidnappings, yes. the Ariel Castro case. How, how, like, just knock on the door, no one answers. They're like, yep. oh, it seemed fine, and just walks away. Mm-hmm. But also, like, so the neighbor who called that in that said that he had sexual addictions. Mm-hmm. What had he told you, or did you see to believe that, exactly. to call the police to say that? I need to know right this second, mm-hmm. who are you, what what, what gave happened? you that idea? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, maybe it was the fact that maybe, like, if you were to look in his trash, you'd see a bunch of, like, re- weird fucked up porn magazines that he would, like, cut and paste, like, pictures of kids into when he was doing these runs what? with JC. Oh, yeah. Part of the runs. I feel like, okay, I'm going to apologize. Like, I am very bad at having a linear train of thought. I have very bad ADHD. But, yeah, during his runs, he would, um, when he would have JC, like, um, dress up and shit, he would have her uh, jerk him off as he was looking through these, these magazines that he had pasted pictures of kids into. I want to die. Yeah, so. Love that. Uh, yeah, so he collected child porn, obviously, because he's, fuck, he's a fucked up. Okay, under, but, yeah. like, if you found this child pornography, why would you, why would you just, just, just blah, blah, why would you describe this as he has sexual addictions? If I fucking saw that, I'd be like, this guy has Katie porn. Come fucking get him. <laughs> yeah, get him you know, out of my neighborhood before I rip him out by his hair. Because my, my, my idea of a sexual addiction is not being able to jack off without watching porn. You know, and you I get know, it. Like, Shit happens. You know, like, if I, one, I don't know who I would ever describe this as mm. or how I would ever describe this, but, like, my train of thought would be like, this person has sexual addictions. I would think they're a sex addict. Exactly. That, like, oh, yeah, but, like, they just, like, have to have it all the time. Mm-hmm. They keep, like, hitting on me and being kind of weird or hitting on mm-hmm. everybody and being kind of weird. Mm-hmm. That's not what I describe as a sex addiction mm-hmm. or sexual addictions. I describe that as crime. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Correct. Straight crime. to jail. Straight to jail. <laughs> Go there. Um, so, like, they didn't even bother to check the fucking backyard. Um, and after, this is the this is the part that really just grinded Grinded my gears, if, you, if that's the right word. Uh, after JC and her girls were rescued, um, the police department issued an apology to them. I don't want your apology. And was like, sorry, um, we um, fucked up. Sorry. Mm. Sorry that we fucked up and kept mm. you in captivity for longer than needed. Yes. Sorry. Also, sorry we fucked up in every fucking way. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry. Love that. Nobody, wants, nobody cares about your apology. Lovely. Your apology is dog shit. Yes. And then, uh, so finally, uh, in, my, in my opinion, one of the biggest failures of the justice system was the fact that Greta was incorrectly characterized or um, categorized as only needing low amounts of supervision on parole, no. when in reality he should have been getting much more all monitoring. The, all the supervision. Oh, and here's, here's another one. Oh, here, get ready for this. You're about to flip. You're going to flip your shit. Um, apparently, there was a time when a parole officer visited the home and saw a child. And when he asked Garrido about whose kid that was, he said it was his brother's daughter. And the parole officer didn't do anything to verify it. Not call his brother or anything, but if he did, the parole officer would have found out that Garrido's brother doesn't even have any fucking kids. There was another time when a parole officer literally talked to JC. What the fuck? And it was just like, oh yeah, that's my mom's nurse. I'm gonna lose my fucking Mm -hmm. shit. Yeah, so... Yeah. How bad at your job do you need to mm-hmm. be to be like, yeah, I'm going to take this, like, fucking sexual fucking felon for his word. Mm-hmm. Be like, oh, yeah, and I'm w- not going to And I also want to put it out there, too, throughout, when JC was in captivity, like, was mm-hmm. being held captive, there was a month and a half period where Philip went to jail for a parole violation because of a methamphetamine pipe. He went to jail while... JC was in his in captivity. Let me repeat that. And she was so excited because she in her book, in all caps, she wrote, I knew it was a month of no sex. And that's when Nancy cared for her. So Philip went to jail and came back to JC. You guys, when you arrested him, didn't go to his fucking house nope. and search his fucking nope. house? Nope. If he had a fucking pipe yep. on him. Why wouldn't you go there and be like, oh, we can find more shit at your house. Yep, exactly. Tack on more charges. Exactly. So, um, you know, with all the shit that I just gave you, um, I think we're going to stop here. 
and make it two parts. Um, I think I've traumatized you enough for one day. Yeah, and I'm proper, um, traumatized. <laughs> the, I'm so angry. The next episode, we'll talk about the rescue of JC and her girls, as well as the trial for Greedo and his wife, and then about how JC and her girls are doing today. Um, so that's part one of the JC Dugard case. Um, fucking horrific, and that's with me. At ed- that's with me editing down a lot of the information. Um, but thankfully, the next episode yeah. will be a lot more. I want to say lighthearted, but it'll be a lot, a much better a ending. Easier because we're gonna yes. get an end to this. Exactly, and we can see how JC is thriving, how her girls are mm-hmm. thriving, and how, and how Phil Greedo looks like a fucking shriveled up. He, you know what he looks like, and this is gonna okay. be an insult to the character. Yeah, you know in SpongeBob, how they go like they're selling the chocolate. That yeah. he looks like that shriveled up thing, oh and that's an insult to the shriveled up thing. Yeah. So that's what he looks like. That's fucking nasty. And Nancy is disgusting as fuck. Like, and but and she used to work as a fucking like a caregiver at a nursing home while that's this was happening. So terrifying. Oh yeah. That like you can live life as a regular mm-hmm. person and go home and like let that shit happen yep. in your house. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. I'm. I'm so excited to be done with this. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. so excited to get a part two and then be fully done with mm-hmm. this. Oh my Hello. god, my heart just goes out to her in every fucking way, mm-hmm. and I'm so, so sorry to her. Mm-hmm. And, like, there is not enough suffering that can happen nope. to Nancy mm-hmm. and... Philip. And Philip. I mm-hmm. I hope literally only horrible things every mm-hmm. fucking day. Like, stepping on a Lego time-ups a thousand. Mm-hmm. Like, anything horrible to happen to these two people. Like, I hope, I hope someone else in prison goes full Albert Fish on them, oh but non-consensually. God, yeah. yes. Like, sticks needles up their groin, just yeah. non-consensually. Absolutely. Every day of their life, something horrible. Burning hot needles up up in the gooch. Absolutely. That's the only, mm-hmm. only good punishment. You them. know what should happen to fucking Philip? What? what happened to the to Sebastian Stan and Fresh? Yes. Bite his dick off. Bite it. Bite his dick off. Bite his dick off. Bite his dick off. Oh, my so, God. Yeah. That was so horrible. Thank you. That was so, like, well-researched and well-done. But, oh, my God. I I feel so bad to keep interrupting you, but I have, like, 5,000 questions Mm -hmm. about how any of this... Mm -hmm. How did it... Yep. Other than just utter failure, how did it happen Mm -hmm. this long? Like, Mm -hmm. this is so tragic to me. And that's something to think, too. Like, in spoiler alert, like, like it was 18 years that she was kept captive. And I, so that's such a, like, I can't even conceptualize, like, I think about how long we've been living together as roommates. Yeah. It's been, what, seven, eight months? And that's a, that feels like a long yeah. fucking time to me. 18 fucking years. 18 years in literal hell. Like, she, I can't even, like, I can't oh even imagine God. that. And, you know, we'll talk yeah. about how the, reuni- the reunification process went with mm-hmm. her family, like, how mm-hmm. it went with, you know, her um, testifying in court and talking Jeez. to Philip and Nancy and, you know, the bad bitch shit that she says to them, like, oh, uh, she, she I'm, really, I'm like, for that part. yeah, she is, she's really a bad bitch, and she, you know, deserves all the love and all the praise, because she went through hell, and really turned her life around, and is still loving animals, and there's a bunch of animals come into play when she gets rescued, and after she gets rescued, and her therapy, like, it's just, overall, like, she just really completely, when I say turned her life around, I don't mean that, you know, I'm not blaming her for how everything went, no. but... She turned, she made, she's making the best out of her life and yeah. thriving, considering what has happened to her. That makes me really happy that she gets to have all the good mm-hmm. things that she yep. was deprived of for 18 years, mm-hmm. because she deserves all of that forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, oh. you know, so, um, with that being said, um, you know, if you want to listen to part two, mm-hmm. um, you know, you can always get notified by when we post on all of our social mm-hmm. medias, and I just want to say yeah. a big ass thank you to everybody, um, we're almost at 50 listeners or something like that, which I'm so excited so, about. Um, and that that's means like our huge goal. Yeah. Cause that, that's, first of all, it's half, half, that's like half of a hundred, which is mm-hmm. fucking dope. And also like, it's, you know, a little selfish, but we can now, we can start putting ads in once we get yeah. 50, 50 listeners and that's kind of dope. But so. we just want to thank like any of the people who have been listening, who have been supporting mm-hmm. and have been coming back week to mm-hmm. week. We super, super appreciate it and really, really want to connect with you guys. Want to like mm-hmm. know any, like we did get our very first case suggestion yes. the other day. Yes. So absolutely. Like, please send us case suggestions. Mm-hmm. Please send us your stories, mm-hmm. anything spooky, scary, your close encounters yep. with 
like, let's not meet type people. Yep. Any of the, like, ghost things mm-hmm. that you've experienced. I'm going to share my ghost stories yes. with you guys. Conspiracy theories that you find yes. interesting and you want us to talk about. Anything. We're so totally, like, yeah. down to read out yeah. anything you guys send us. And we're just so thankful, you know, for all the support. And I do want to put out there, I know we posted it on our all of our social medias, but we are also now on Google Podcast and Amazon Music. Um, yes. So now you can listen to us on Anchor, Spotify, um, Google Podcast, as well as Amazon Music. I'm still working on Apple Music. It's gonna be a little bit of a hard time, but you know, for now we got four we'll pretty big. We've got four pretty big platforms to yes. listen on. So, um, if you want to follow yeah. us on Instagram, you can follow us at Figures in the Dark. And then if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow us at Figures in the Dark, but dark spelled D-R-K. And then you can um, follow us on Facebook at Figures in the Dark. You can send us a wicked cool email about all the case suggestions. Yeah. At figures in the dark podcast at gmail.com. And then, um, so yeah, I guess that's pretty much it. So, yeah. you know, thank you guys like, for listening. Subscribe, yes. rate us on any of those yes. listening. Tell like, your friends, tell your please. mom, tell your cats, tell everyone. Just yes. even play if. Play it for your cats. Play it for your cats. I'm just, trust yeah. me, my cat is asleep next to me right now. They love it. They love it. Trust me. They love, they love, they <laughs> love, love it. it. Um, and I want to apologize for my cat's stinky butt earlier in the episode. But anyway, <laughs> um, thank you for listening. And as always, beware the figures in the dark. All right, bye. bye.